to Eat, Drink, Social. My name is Courtney Sandora, and throughout this podcast series, you'll be hearing from myself and the Go Social team. Go Social is a PR and social media marketing firm with offices in Denver, Colorado, and Louisville, Kentucky. We'll be discussing social media trends and influencer best practices in the food and beverage landscape. If you have any questions and want to reach out, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Go Social, or you can visit our website at goforthbesocial.com. Today we're joined with Tyler Zoller, better known as Louisville Bourbon Buzz on social media. Uh, as a part-time bourbon enthusiast, full-time photographer, and host of his Stay Buzz podcast, Tyler has been finding and reviewing some of the best bourbons across our bluegrass state. Welcome, Tyler. We're excited to have you. Thank you so much for having me on. This is uh, this is fun. It was actually kind of funny. You mentioned I've got my podcast and I was kind of sitting around one day and I was like, I think it would actually be fun to be on someone else's podcast for a change. You know, it's like I'm used to orchestrating my own. So here's that opportunity. I just had to manifest it, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're excited to talk to you about all things bourbon. I know this industry just is continuing to, you know, boom across our state and across Absolutely. the globe. Um, and especially, you know, in Kentucky, it's you know, we're gearing up for derby season. Um, and bourbon, of course, is a big staple there with mint juleps, yeah. you know, everyone pouring bourbon, celebrating the season, of and of course, coming out of the pandemic, hopefully returning to normal derby season. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Couldn't get um, here soon enough. Yeah, right. Um, so I guess just to jump into your backstory a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and kind of how you found your passion for bourbon? Yeah. So as you said, my name is Tyler Zoller and I am a full-time portrait photographer first. Um, product photography is currently secondary, but this year has been, I mean, we're in what March and the doors have been wide open for product. So the goal for me, just longevity with my job is to make product photography more of a thing. Um, but obviously, like I said, portrait photography is is where I got started. It's where my roots were were grown in the industry as a photographer um, and then bourbon, you know, as a creative, I easily get obsessed with diving into things and nerding out on things. And I think that's why I clicked so well with being a photographer is that you can never reach the end of what knowledge and skills and abilities you can learn. Um, and I, I found bourbon to be very much the same. Um, because you can drink the same bourbon seven days in a row and probably get something different out of it each day, whether that is a different experience, uh, of who you're drinking it with or the memories you're making or the tasting notes or the nose or whatever it may be. Um, so I think ultimately that is what made me click with bourbon and be so interested in kind of combining the two, um, but it's kind of funny because I actually didn't drink bourbon until I was 21 mm -hmm. um, or I didn't drink at all until I was 21. I didn't drink uh, at all. So um, I found bourbon through my dad, more or less. Um, he himself didn't drink much liquor at the time. And when I turned 21, I was like, what do you have in the basement? And so he pulled up like some Jack Daniels and like things with the original tax stamp still on it. So we're talking about stuff that hasn't been touched in a long time. Okay. And it was just one of those things that like, sure, the Jack Daniels, no offense, wasn't my favorite, still isn't my favorite, but I created an experience that day. And so I think that's what I ultimately it circles back to is creating those experiences with bourbon um, and the memories with friends and family, whatever it may be. Um, and that's kind of the same thing I do as a photographer is I create memories and experiences. So I think that is ultimately how those, you know, 
kind of came to be such a thing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great story. Um, that's a great memory to share and to have kind of to launch into your journey into bourbon. Um, sure. I guess, can you tell us a little bit about kind of when you wanted to, um, or kind of when you found out and found your passion for like food and beverage photography and kind of how that correlated into launching into social media and sharing your photography and imagery across TikTok and Instagram and, and social platforms like that. So the start of my account was way before my true interest became that I wanted to kind of, you know, gradient into being a commercial photographer. I started Louisville Bourbon Buzz in 2015, which is crazy to think that's seven years now. Um, I started just as like a little passion project. Again, I was just getting into it. And I was at that age where like, if I started a new diet, I wanted to start an Instagram for it. If Mm -hmm. I started a new workout routine, I wanted to create an Instagram. So I was like, well, I'm into bourbon now. So I might as well create um, a new account. So I created Louisville Bourbon Buzz. And I mean, honestly, that was just kind of my desire to try new bourbon, but also kind of maybe obtain free bourbon, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like as as bad as that sounds, but that was kind of one of the goals when I originally started this. Um, But once I got started, I noticed that there weren't too many accounts out there that were um, creating high quality content of bourbon. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of phone snaps. And of course, in 2015, Instagram is totally different than what it is now. Uh, Social media in general was totally different. Um, And so that was kind of one of those things where I was like, okay, this is where this is what I could do to kind of separate myself from the rest of the crowd um, is create high quality imagery, but also bring information, whether that's pricing or reviews or locations of where I got it and stuff like that. And again, you know, you say 2015, I'm sure if you ask a wide panel of of distilleries or distillers, they're going to say the bourbon boom started in a different time. But to me, the bourbon boom really started kicking off like 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was only, you know, two, three years into the bourbon boom whenever I started this. And there were some really big accounts at the time. Um, but again, circling back, you know, just doing the, the imagery side of things. Um, so that's when I, I kind of combined my love for photography and bourbon mm-hmm. was basically working on creating a new experience for the consumer and the person that's just scrolling on Instagram. Um, and that was kind of like really what brought the passion to it. But as of recent, um, probably since you all may have noticed my profiles, um, honestly, 2020 was when I really was like, okay, this is where I want to see my business go in the next two to three years. Mm-hmm. Um, when COVID hit, I wasn't photographing people because we didn't know what the heck was going on. We were like, well, I guess I should just not work for a couple months. That's what the news is telling me. So mm-hmm. um, I stopped photographing people full time and uh, enjoyed a little bit of time and was wondering what was going on. And then I just started grabbing random products around my house and just taking pictures of it um, and just seeing what it was like. And I fell mm-hmm. in love with that. I think I almost like the interpersonal aspect to it. Cause it was like, it was just me in this box or me in this product and just messing mm-hmm. with it. Um, and then ultimately I had a little bit more time on my hands. So I started diving back into my bourbon collection, which at that time was only 20 bottles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that led to Louisville bourbon buzz coming back. So Louisville bourbon buzz was dormant for three or four years. Um, wow. I didn't do anything with the page. And then in March of 2020 is when I posted something and I was like, oh, wait, holy crap, I actually missed this, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then that led down the proverbial rabbit hole of diving back into that um, 
that community and that experience. And then ultimately now that industry of being a product photographer. Yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. You know, um, great things have come out of the, you know, Absolutely. out of our time in quarantine or. Yeah, you know, I was, I was a huge pusher of, look, this is a huge negative, but where can we find the positives? You know, right, it was like, definitely. that was the, it was the only thing that let me lay my head down at night. And the only thing that let me wake up was like, okay, there's a positive somewhere in this, you know? Yeah, so, definitely. Um, but yeah. No, I think it's so cool. Like, do you kind of have an in-home studio um, that you well, work off of? I do, uh, whether my wife likes it or not. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that uh, we had a spare bedroom. And so I commandeered that and made that my studio. Then we wanted to clean that out. So then our living room became my studio. And then we were going to start working out in 2021. So we made a home gym. Now the mm-hmm. home gym is my studio. There's oh, wow. a treadmill, a bike, and then tons of photography gear in the back. So it's it's a mess. But um, <clears throat> when needed, I have my own studio uh, here in town that I can go to as well if I need to space out or if I'm having, you know, set designers, product designers or anything like that coming in to kind of help out. So I'm not inviting them to my house. You know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think cre- creativity comes from anywhere. So, well, and for me, I am a huge I love comfort when it comes mm-hmm. to shooting and you're never you're not any more comfortable anywhere else but your house. Um, mm-hmm. So there are certain products like um, Penelope bourbon, for example, I photographed some of their stuff here lately and I didn't want to shoot it at home for some reason. So I did it all at my studio, but then Bartstown bourbon company that I did some stuff for, I wanted to shoot it here. It was just like, mm-hmm. there's that separation of, of comfort level, you know? So, yeah, definitely. No, that's awesome. Um, kind of moving from Instagram into TikTok, I noticed, you know, did you, did you kind of start that as well during that same time? Um, around the pandemic or kind of how did you launch into that from your photography into doing, you know, more, more cocktail centered videos and recipes. So I don't think I started TikTok until I did my podcast because I was like, okay, I need to have several channels to be accessible on to promote it. So that was Mm -hmm. probably a early to mid 2021 thing. And I didn't do anything with it. I mean, when I take pictures for my page and stuff like that, I'll do like little behind the scenes videos. So I would just throw those up on there and see if anything happened. Nothing ever really mm-hmm. came of it. Um, but it was just another place that I was searchable. Um, mm-hmm. And it was another place that I could have a link in the bio to direct people to my Instagram, to the podcast, all of that stuff. So it was just, that was kind of the main reason for that. And then this, well, I guess it's, yeah, I guess it was, it was all this year. Um, I started doing these, can I guess the bourbon in 30 second or less videos? And mm-hmm. uh, I've learned a lot through other brands and small businesses that I run their social media, just little tips and tricks of, of how to make TikTok successful, how to make Instagram successful. And so I was like, this is an idea that I think could do well. And so mm-hmm. that's been really nice because those did do really well on TikTok and they were really engaging on both platforms. Um, TikTok isn't my baby though. I mm-hmm. I think because I run so many other, I have two other businesses that I run TikToks for. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm like, I'm so burnt out on creating TikToks all the time right. that I'm like, ah, I don't want to do that for myself. You yeah. know, it's kind of one of those things. But since these most recent, this most recent run of, of 30 second or guesses, 30 second or less guest videos did so well. Um, I might try to pick up on that because you again, you don't, it, it's all it's a, it's like being at the casino. You never know what mm-hmm. you're going to get when you post online. Right. So it's all a gamble. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Quite literally. But yeah, yeah, I would say 
uh, TikTok is definitely secondary over my Instagram at this at this point. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I know it's still a growing platform, but it's sure. just good to have a presence on there. And yep. that's what we we're trying to do with a lot of our, you know, clients and brands as well. But um, no, I, I love that. Um, so kind of shifting back into, you know, your bourbon experience, um, you know, I know you said, you know, you kind of saw the boom start in 2012. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how you've seen the industry change and um, I don't know, some of the positives from it, some of the things you've most enjoyed, you know, across these, you know, across this decade almost. Sure. Yeah. I think an example I always tell people uh, about how I experienced the shift in bourbon is that in 2015 or 2016, um, again, going back to my dad and I kind of got into to whiskey together. Um, we were just going for my, one of my, you know, first official blog post on my, uh, bourbon page was like going to all these different liquor barns and mom and pop liquor stores and like, kind of just like giving them, giving the, the people like where the best prices are, where's the best selection and all of that. Just as an example of how it has changed over the years in 20, we'll say 2015 for the sake of this. Uh, there was birthday old Forester birthday bourbon on the shelf at retail mm-hmm. at liquor barn, just sitting. Oh, wow. <laughs> there wasn't a single person reaching for it. There wasn't a line. There was nothing. It was just mm-hmm. on the shelf. And that was completely normal at that point. And here you are last year, there's 3000 people in line wrapping around downtown Louisville and causing a ruckus and getting complaints called on them and flipping it in the parking lot after they buy it. So that's seven years of change. Yeah. And it, I just, while that sounds like a, a long time, that's a very short amount of time. And it's just so much has changed in, in that time that, you know, we're, it's no longer bourbon made for everybody. It's bourbon made for the people that fight for it, you know, mm-hmm. and which is unfortunate, you know, and I get it. Allocations are allocations, but that's one of the bigger shifts that I've seen. It's just that almost just pure insanity. Uh, right. that, that some people have for it, which I love the, the dedication, but, uh, you know, if you're going to flip it for quadruple the price, that's not fair. You know, right. I, I don't, I don't agree with that, but on a lighter note, some of the things that I've seen change is, you know, I would at that time, 2015, 2016, you'd go into a liquor store and it was very rare to see a bourbon finished in a port cask or a sherry cask or, you know, mm-hmm. apple brandy or any of these strange finishes that are coming out now. And now finished products are, I mean, I think they're very predominant. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at my bar right now, I would say I have more finished products than I do standard products. And that's by choice. I absolutely love finished products. I think there's a lot of hate that go towards them just because, you know, people think they're hiding something or um, they don't want to release their original product because it doesn't taste as good. So they slap it in a sherry barrel or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, but I just personally love the experience that you get from that, uh, of, of being a finished product. And then kind of going back to the birthday bourbon example, pricing has been a huge shift. Mm-hmm. Um, I always give people the example of, I think the bourbon industry, more specifically the craft bourbon industry is slowly going to end up like kind of like the scotch industry, because obviously we are paying more for scotch here in America because of taxes um, of getting it over here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are paying quite an insane amount for what most people would consider cheap bourbon, you know, three, mm-hmm. four years, maybe even two years. Um, and I think that's a huge shift. It's just 
the pricing for craft brands and and name brands, you know, large brands for that be. But um, I think that's just one of the big thing. That's probably ultimately the biggest thing is is the pricing shift that's happened. And I don't see that stopping either. I think right. it's going to continue to increase. Yeah. I know it's, I mean, it's exciting, especially for our state, but also I know you you have those positives and negatives there, but um, I guess, where do you, in your opinion, kind of taking from that, where do you see, you know, bourbon going, where do you see the trends evolving and um, you know, will those, you know, some of your favorite brands do you think will head into the same direction? I think we're going to see it's happening right now and it's more, I would say finishing products. So um toasted anything right now is huge if Mm -hmm. it says toasted barrel finished or just toasted on it people are going to buy it me being included um Mm -hmm. i mean i love what if it's toasted correctly and and done in the right way and and i I think it's great um i've had some toasted products that were not my favorite so i mean Mm -hmm. that's just how whiskey works you know it's not going to please everybody um, so I definitely think we'll see more finishing. There's a couple brands out there that are just doing some just obscure finishes of like brandies and and things that I've, I don't even know if they're real. It's like, how the heck is that even a brandy? And then you're putting bourbon in that barrel, you know? So I think we'll see more of that, um, which is fun. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Mm-hmm. I think we'll see more and more craft brands. Um, I mean, craft is just dominating the market. Um, maybe not in sales, but in shelf space, you know, when you go to a big box liquor store, you see more craft than you do, you know, your Jim Beams and your, your Knob Creeks and your Buffalo Traces and all of that, you see mm-hmm. more craft. Um, but they're also more accessible because most of them aren't highly allocated yet. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some craft brands that I would consider allocated, but um, I definitely think we'll see more craft and then obviously most unfortunately probably see higher pricing. Um, right. but with some brands that I've been working with lately, I've noticed a good shift in, in the marketing plan where maybe the first bottle they put out was more expensive or kind of out of that, that wiggle room of price range for most consumers, mm-hmm. um, that they are now putting out a cheaper or more affordable bourbon. So it's like they, they push with the expensive older stuff first to kind of test the waters and then they reel it back in and Mm -hmm. and do something that's more affordable. So with higher pricing maybe comes a shift in how it's promoted and how the bourbon's put out. So hopefully that continues kind of as a trend as well. Yeah, no, that's some great insight. Um, so I guess kind of going back to, you know, the bourbons you've reviewed, do you have favorites, um, you know, recent favorites, past favorites, kind of those tried and true bourbons that, you know, you always find yourself sipping on? That's a tough one. Um, <laughs> Cause you know, a lot of the stuff I post is either, most of it is bought um, just out of pure curiosity, but you know, a fair share of it is also sent to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I tie my favorite bourbons or rye or whiskeys or whatever to the experience that I had when creating the photo. Um, and I think probably the one that comes to mind, just thinking right off the top is probably, uh, from, uh, West Fork whiskey. They have mm-hmm. a line called the Hugh hammer, um, which is just four to five year old MGP. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, they do like a finishing line with it. So I think the most favorite, because I've had so much of their old hammer, which is just the unfinished MGP, 
uh, I've kind of like figured out the taste profile that I generally get from it. So they released a Hugh Hamer peach brandy finish and I, I, I oh, could wow. just picture it in my head what it was going to taste like. And mm. so I photographed it before tasting it. And it was my first time experimenting with uh, splash photography. So using liquid to splash around the bottle. Mm-hmm. Um, so that immediately made me be like emotionally connected to this bottle because I spent like four hours with it. Oh, wow. And um, the second I tasted it, I was like, this is this might be the best bourbon I've ever had. Yeah. Um, and then following up with that was their apple brandy finish. Same ex- experience. I took a, I had a fun photograph, you know, with, or did a fun photograph with it. And it was one of those things that it, the tasting notes took me to the fair when I was younger and you could smell the savory things. You could smell the sweet, you know, the sweet things. And it was just like fall in a glass. And I think mm-hmm. it was just like that automatic emotional connection and memory, right. you know, that was in my head, um, that kind of made me you know, connect with that. So I would say, I'm sure if you gave me like 10 minutes un, unprovoked, I could probably come up with something a little bit different, but I'd say off the top of the head, those are probably my two most memorable or favorite or favored, if you will. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, I love that you kind of incorporate, you know, the taste and then also your photography and kind of mesh those together for, you know, your own, you know, memories. Um, So kind of talking about your photography, like you said, you were experimenting with splash photography, I guess mm-hmm. what, what have you learned is, you know, kind of best practice over the years or kind of most successful for you or when posting, um, on Instagram? Uh, well, when it comes to taking the pictures, patience is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the pictures you see on my Louisville bourbon buzz page are single images or two pictures composited together. But one thing I've learned lately is that to get a good image for a high commercial brand and stuff like that is most of the time it's going to have to consist of at least four or five pictures, which sounds Mm -hmm. kind of crazy. Um, but that's just part of it. You got to light different parts of the bottle and do, you know, just move things around and light different parts of the set. Um, and so I think with those, you know, those take a lot more time and dedication, but I think what I want to, I can't tell if I'm getting off track of your question or not. You (laughs) said, you're good. you said, what have I learned through photography? Rephrase it again for me. Yeah. Kind of some of your best practices you've learned. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, honestly, patience is the hugest practice that I've learned. And I've been very fortunate that brands have approached me to work with me. So I've been able to work with legitimate brands and large name brands, but also learn along the way, you know? So, right. um, that's been a huge thing for me is not only growing a vast portfolio with quality imagery, but, um, being able to work with people that will in turn use those pictures. But definitely say the biggest thing I've learned is patience and stay dedicated and don't get lazy with it. You know, that'll never get you anywhere good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's great advice, especially for, you know, people who want to grow their channel, who want to grow sure. their, you know, if their own, their own bourbon enthusiast page or blog. So yep. no, that's some great advice. Um, do you have kind of, I was going to say any other best advice for, um, for creators or, you know, when picking a bourbon, you know, whether you're gifted the bourbon or whether you buy it on your own, kind of what stands out to you the most. And I know you talked a little bit about the toasted trend Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say when picking a bourbon to post, we live in a day and age where you have what seems like milliseconds to impress the person that's scrolling and, and comes across your content. 
Um, it is tough sometimes. Like I will have brands send me bourbon and it's just not what I want or it's not what I want to promote mm -hmm. um, or it's not anything that I think anybody is going to agree with. And I don't want to lie to anybody about tasting notes or the experience with the brand or the bourbon. So there are some that you just can't post. You just got to either put them in your basement or enjoy on your own um, or put them in a cocktail. Um, but I think the biggest thing, like for anyone wanting to grow your channel, post the content you want to, and don't let anyone else control what you post. Mm -hmm. Um, way back when I started this, I kind of had that problem that it was like, well, so-and-so posted this, so I should probably post that. And that's just not, it shouldn't be that way. Mm -hmm. Um, because it's your page. So let it be your thing. You know, don't, don't let anybody kind of take over what you're going to post or not post. Um, yeah. And then if you're buying the bourbon, definitely don't. Okay. I mean, I'm going to be a hypocrite because I was going to say, don't buy something that you don't know much about, but here I am going in and playing roulette at a liquor store and saying, Oh, this bottle looks cool. I'll buy that. Yeah. Um, but that also leads kind of the fun part of my page too. It's like, it's kind of always a, a guessing game of like, is this one going to be a good one? Is this one going to be a bad one? What's it going to be? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I would just say, don't, don't let anyone kind of persuade what you do or don't do with your page just do you be consistent and create something that not only engages yourself as the person that did it but also that you feel will capture the consumer's attention as well yeah definitely no that's that's great tips for anyone um originality and creativity is i think the best thing you can do for your page and i think um, a tip too that could kind of go in this section is one thing that i've learned through working with other brands and companies and from my own experiences that with like TikToks and reels, while they may be 15 to 30, some 60 second videos, you literally only have one second to capture the person scrolling their attention. Right. And it to seems ridiculous. Correct. Right. And it's like, you have to be really good to be able to give somebody two to three seconds to capture their attention or have some sort of visually appealing thing. But mm -hmm. that's why all your videos have to start off quick and loud and, and catch the attention. Um, because if you don't, if it's just something slow, they're going to move on. Or if there's not catchy music, they're going to move on. Um, that's something because unfortunately, Instagram is shifting to reels very quickly, mm -hmm. uh, right. which breaks my heart as a <laughs> photographer. Um, so, but that's why I started the, can I guess the bourbon in this bag thing? What I've learned that if you start off a video with a problem, a question, mm -hmm. or like some sort of concern, it has a like a 52% chance of grabbing someone else's attention. So yeah. I start off with a problem or a question. Can I guess the bourbon in the bag? So of course, people comment on my videos before they even get into where I'm guessing it and, and say, no, I can't, or he might do it this time. But again, that's the beauty of social media and algorithms is that the more comments and engagements you get, the more it bumps it up and the more views you get. So it's exactly. like find ways to make people engage with you, whether it's nice or not. I have yeah. learned that on TikTok, people do not care about you. They, they have no, they just don't like anybody on TikTok. So it's yeah. like, um, but again, all of those comments, positive or negative, drive the engagement. Now, Instagram, totally different game for me. Um, that's where I'm very personal and approachable and want to be like a guy that you can reach out to with questions and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, but that's kind of on the TikTok and real side, but going back to what I said for Instagram, just pictures, just make it engaging, immersive, 
and you know this isn't for everybody but like what i've been doing is like third person perspective shots including my my hands and some even with my full my full body in it and stuff like that just to again show that there's a human behind the camera too you know right. and, and it's not just me taking pictures and hiding my face all the time yeah no i love that that's great great insight there um sure I kind so of kind went of off talking, on a tangent, but no, no, love that. <laughs> we love tangents. That's right. Um, so kind of talking like, you, you know, you talked about how you've grown a little bit, how you've gotten into, you know, your different styles of photography, jumping into reels and TikTok, you yep. know, what, what is your vision for the future of Louisville Bourbon Buzz? You know, where do you see yourself going? How do you want to grow and kind of, you know, what's your overall vision for, for your brand and your channel? I think the goal is to continue producing high quality content. Um, but again, like I just said, maintaining that approachable persona, um, and creating a, a, just a general community of people, um, that are either there for my photography or my behind the scenes or, um, there for whatever I review at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I kind of want to, it, it is strange that it is, I, I grinded and created a, a product photography Instagram to separate that brand from my portrait brand uh, Mm -hmm. on the internet, created a website and all of that. And all of the jobs that I've gotten so far in 2022 have been through my bourbon page, not anything related with photography. Now, granted, I mean, I say not anything related, but not anything related with a business, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think moving forward, I, I have to find that happy medium of I hate the word burb or the words bourbon influencer, but we'll just use it for this example. Right. But I have to find that separation of being a bourbon influencer and content creator and being a product photographer, you mm-hmm. know? So I think ideally what I want is continue what I've been doing. Cause obviously people are enjoying it and brands are enjoying what they see and the consistency. Um, but basically kind of making Louisville bourbon buzz be a secondary bourbon and beverage photography, like product portfolio. So yeah. maintain the quality, maintain the approach, but keep that, again, approachable and personal persona that that I've tried to build with that as well. Yeah, no, love that. Well, um, thank you for sharing that with us. And I'm excited yeah, to continue to see your channel grow. And I, I, I very much enjoy, you know, your photography. So thank you for sharing, you know, just these insights about yourself and, you know, what sure. you've learned and just over the course of, you know, kind of a decade now. So sure. Yep. It's uh, been a long time coming, but yeah, it's, it almost has been a decade. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Tyler. Um, you know, we really enjoyed having you today. And um, again, you can follow Tyler at Louisville Bourbon Buzz on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also check out his podcast as well. Stay buzzed. Yep. Stay buzz is on Spotify and Apple and also shameless plug. My product photography page is at product by Tyler. So any it's, it's almost kind of like an auxiliary to my bourbon page. Cause a lot of the stuff transfers over, but there's also food and other stuff on there. So if you want to check that stuff out too, then definitely be sure to hit that up. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tyler. It was great having you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. All right, everybody. That wraps up today's episode of Eat, Drink, Social. Thanks for listening. If you have a story to share or know somebody that does, feel free to reach out to us. <laughs>